Hostages Podcast, Paranormal Stories, Events, and More. Welcome to the Ghostages Podcast, Episode 3. A long time coming. It's been so much going on in my life that I just... I seem to be putting this podcast on pause more than anything else. And it's not an intentional. It's, I really do enjoy it. And obviously it's a hobby. Um, albeit a not well-pursued one. So if you're sticking around at all, you're here for the ghost stories, not for me. So for this episode, I'm going to read you a couple of stories, maybe a chapter or so, from my book, A Haunted Life by Bill Campbell. It's my book. I figured I'd do what I want. After I read a chapter, I'll go into kind of a deep dive into what uh, what I think that whole experience was about. Is um, Oftentimes, there's more than just the experience itself. It has a deeper meaning. Uh, or a deeper connection with whatever it was that reached out to you in the first place. So I'll kind of kind of take a second look at some of these and and uh, see if they maybe uh, hit in a different way, so to speak. So let's start out with a introduction to the introduction to the book. And all of the stories presented herein are experiences from my life, genuine experiences. You know, I feel fortunate to have had some of them, and I'm still freaked out as uh, by some of the others. So whether you choose to believe or not, that's that's really up to you. You know, some of them are, are short, but in some cases, that's really all that needs to be said. There's no real resolution to be had. But the process of writing these experiences down has been extremely therapeutic to me. You know, I came to understand things that I just didn't consider before. So let's start off with George. The house itself was moved from another unknown location and sat on a pretty decent sized lot of about an acre. It sat at the end of a road and there were woods toward the back of the property. There was a fence separating the yard and the wooded area and I never ventured out beyond that safely enclosed area. My paternal grandmother was apparently quite the entertainer. I remember several occasions that the house was full of family and friends. I was too young to be of any real part of the conversation, so instead I played in the bedrooms and hallway. My maternal grandpa was a bowler and had given me a plastic bowling set that worked really well when you set the pins up at the far end of the long 25-foot hallway. The entrance to my great-grandmother's room was also at the end of that hallway, so I had to make sure I didn't get in her way. I would spend hours running down the hall, rolling the ball down and knocking down pins. She never seemed to mind, though. I have to admit, I did not like to set the pins up again, though. The end of the hallway was different from the rest of the hall. Despite the hall being well lit, it seemed to get darker the farther you went. I'm sure that the stains on the ceiling did not help either. There was one particular water stain that looked suspiciously like the outline of a person from the shoulders up. Even to my young mind, I knew that didn't seem right. Everyone tried to assure me that it was just a random pattern, but to this day, I still wonder. There would be times when I would hang out with my great-grandmother in her room, 
while she would be doing her knitting. Sometimes it felt like there was someone else in there with us. Well, maybe not in the room, but watching us. She could feel it too, and always insisted that I should not be in her room unless she was in there with me. One time, though, she left me alone for a few minutes. I didn't notice anything at first, and then it hit me. An overwhelming feeling that someone, or something, was watching me. I turned to look at the ceiling, and, although I couldn't see anything, I knew I was not alone. My great-grandmother returned to the room and could see I was upset. When I tried to explain, she seemed to already know, having felt it herself. Then there were the donuts. Some days I would wake up to the magical smell of donuts that my grandpa would get for us for breakfast. Aside from the awesome taste of simple glazed donut, I was intrigued by the shape of these delicious delicacies. It didn't make any sense to me why there was a hole in the middle. Wouldn't it be better to have the whole donut and not to have the hole? Grandpa had a quick and easy answer for that. He said we should eat around the hole and save it. We could then put the hole into a bowl and place it in the hallway for George. I asked who George was and he said, George lives in the hallway. I was still too young to piece together what he was saying and thought it was a game. So my dumb ass would eat around the hole, pick up said hole, and diligently put the bowl into the hallway. A little disclaimer here, I am aware that donut holes are a thing, but we never had them. Grandpa was actually talking about the nothingness at the center of your standard glazed donut. I don't know if I would consider my grandparents as living in the country, but it was far enough out of the reach of the city to not have access to sanitation services. This meant that once a week, all the trash would be collected and deposited into a metal barrel in the backyard and far enough away from the house that it would not be of any danger. Once there, it was set ablaze. These were my favorite days, and I would stand out by the barrel watching the trash burn. I would add any loose sticks, pine cones, and dried pine needles I could find in an attempt to keep the fire going. Not all the trash was incinerated. Eggshells, coffee grinds, and things of this nature would be used as fertilizer for the small garden nearby. Having a garden means you must turn the soil, which means that everything that is buried beneath the first few inches of dirt will eventually be revealed. My grandpa frequently found arrowheads in his garden. Yep, that's right. I'm telling you that, as cliché as it sounds, judging from the arrowheads found in the small mounds that made up his property, his house very well could have been sitting on Indian burial grounds. Maybe this contributed to the general weirdness Everyone seemed to feel in the house. I really can't tell you exactly how old I was when those events started unfolding when I first came into came to know George, or at least whatever whatever was there. I know it was uh, not yet four. Maybe being that young, um, I was just more tuned some of that stuff but uh, maybe not because it seems like everyone knew about George everybody had a story of some type but being that young I was sheltered from a lot of that so those were my experiences I need to talk to my dad about some of the experiences he's had in that house 
but he's about the only resource I have left. Uh, and my mom will not talk about George at all, uh, being properly freaked out and such. The actual property uh, is long gone. When my granddad died, uh, everything went, everything was sold off to the, to the siblings and sons and daughters and such. So my wife and I drove past the land a few years back and a new house is there now, smaller, but I was going to wonder if they have issues there too. Can't exactly just go up to the doorstep there and say, hey, you guys got ghosts? So, that was episode three. And uh, now that I decided just to read from my book, we'll have more frequent episodes. But, if you'd like to share a story of your own, please, 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 please do so. At story at ghostages.com. G-H-O-S-T-A-G-E-S dot com. I don't know for the life of me why I chose such a silly name, but there it is. I like it, but uh, it's kind of weird, but I still like it. Hopefully you do too. If you do, subscribe. Thank you. I really do appreciate you listening and hope you stick around for more. And by the way, if you're interested at all in reading A Haunted Life by Bill Campbell, it's still available on Kindle. You can even pick it up for one buck. What can you get for a dollar these days? My book, that's what. <laughs>